Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a 10 Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from all aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show, coming to you not quite live from the K Compound in Boca Raton, Florida. How you guys doing? How's the quarantine going? Day who knows what? What day of the week is it? I don't know. Whether you guys know? Do you guys know what it is? It is, I think it's March 2nd. I think I know the dates more than I know the days nowadays. Well, anyway, in this show today, what we have going on is two separate interviews. The first one is going to be with Clay Christopher, who is a cruise director. Well, he's not a cruise director right now. They don't really have too many of those going on. Uh, But he was on board several different Norwegian ships, has an interesting background, and uh, a a little bit of a different type of cruise director. I think he, in his own way, like he'll say, he comes from a little bit of a different background than most cruise directors, uh, I guess, you know, the the way they get into it isn't the way he got into it per se. But uh, nonetheless, it sounds like he has a great time on most of his ships. Uh, It was an interesting thing. I did have a set of questions lined up to ask him, uh, but we did get into some other things, and uh, you know, we kind of went off the uh, went off the off the card a little bit, and he uh, told us some of the high points, the low points, the good, the bad that he likes and dislikes about his uh, journey on Norwegian Cruise Line. And you know, I've always said it. You know, Carnival being the fun ship, they do a great job with their cruise directors, and I always say Norwegian too. They have a special commitment towards you know making sure the onboard experience is a lot of fun. Most notably to, you know, the single type, the uh, people who are on board looking for, let's just call it a little bit of late night revelry, whether it's the casino, whether it's the glow party, whether it's the, the, the bliss nightclub, they seem to really cater to those of us who want to go out and really like a drink in the night air might I say, for lack of better terms, uh, when we're on land and they bring that experience to us on uh, at, you know, at sea as well. So without further ado, we'll get right into this interview with Clay Christopher from Norwegian Cruise Lines. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Always be both cruise podcast. We have a very special guest on the phone with us. It is Clay. Clay, uh, I'm sorry, what's your last name, Clay? Well, legally, it's McKendry, okay. but my, my stage name is, is Clay Christopher, and it's a long, convoluted story about why that is. I won't, I won't bore your listeners with that. <laughs> okay, well, not a lot of people out there have a whole lot going on right now, so I'm sure, but I got you. No problem. We'll go with Clay Christopher. So you are a cruise director on Norwegian Cruise Line, correct? That is correct. Which ship are you on right now? Or which ship were you last on, I should say? I was, uh, yeah, exactly. The last ship I was on was the Norwegian Epic, and actually I was set to be back on the Norwegian Epic March 15th, but two days before I was set to join, um, I got the the email on the phone call saying that they were halting all new joiners due to the, the uh, COVID-19. Yeah, man, this is, uh, 
I don't have to say it. I don't have to. It just goes without saying that this is just uncharted waters. No pun intended for everybody. Nobody's ever experienced anything like this. So I guess we're all just kind of taking it step by step to see what happens. But I guess I really wanted to kind of give the listeners out there a little bit of a distraction and maybe a distraction back to the days when it was okay to be at sea on a cruise ship. Uh, Not to get all run of the mill on you, uh, but can you give us a little bit of background on how you got started working on cruise ships? Absolutely. So my degree is in musical theater from the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in Los Angeles, California. I graduated, oh gosh, back in 2009. And for a long time, I was performing and directing. And, you know, there I, I kind of came to a point, I, I'm blessed and cursed, I guess you would say, with looking younger than I sound. Um even now it might sound like I'm, I'm older than I am, but I just actually, I turned 31 last week. And so I, I was running into issues where, you know, casting directors would love my voice, but then they'd look up at me and say, you are way too young to play this part. And there's no makeup that's going to help us make you look older, which is a great thing, I suppose. Exactly. Um, so I, I, the other thing that I really love is travel, and I hadn't really traveled before I started working on ships. I'd never really been out of the, the United States, and I got this opportunity to stage manage, um, become an entertainment production manager through my my summer job. I work at Broadway Theater Project, which is located here in Tampa every summer, and I, I teach theater, and I'm part of the administration, and we were being hosted by the Norwegian Creative Studios in Riverview, Florida, and I just happened to be speaking with the man who was in charge of hiring for the stage managers, and he hired me basically right on the spot, and that was in July of 2015, and in August of 2015, I was on the Norwegian Sky on my first my first job. So I guess this year, this year in July, I'm coming up on a, a work anniversary, five years, I think. Oh, cool! Congratulations! So thank we'll, you very much. Absolutely. So we'll get to that in a second, I guess. The sure. Sky to the Epic—that's a quite a quite a difference as far as size goes but as far as cruise directors in general i've seen a lot of them i'm a, I'm a pretty seasoned cruiser and I, I do every time i go on a ship i do notice the cruise director what their flair is what their thing is do you have uh what would you say something that separates you uh some of your philosophies what do you take into the position what separates you from other cruise directors do you think for me i i come from an entertainment background um, like production entertainment, so as a performer, uh, which isn't um, which you would think is a little more regular for a cruise director, but I've noticed that it's not. A lot of cruise directors come from the cruise program side of things, so you know they were either in the youth programs or they were a recreation team doing all the slides and rock walls outside, or part of the cruise staff, you know, doing bingo and the game shows. But not a whole heck of a lot of cruise directors are coming from production side, you know, the cast and the the technical aspect and, you know, dealing with the shows. There's, you know, maybe, I don't know, four or five of us. I think, I don't, don't quote me on that, but I think there's about five of us that actually come from, you know, entertainment backgrounds where, you know, we've been performers, singers, or directors before cruise ships or on cruise ships. So I, I bring us, I bring with me a knowledge of 
probably the biggest part of the entertainment um, the entertainment department on the ships. So I come from the cast and I come from all of that, which is really um, when I was in charge of the cast, it's kind of like the, the left hand of the cruise director in the first place. So in a lot of cruise directors, they don't speak actor and I speak actor, which is something my boss, when I got promoted to cruise director, he said, you, you've got one of the hardest parts of the job down because you've been working with the actors and you are an actor. So you speak a whole different language than a lot of other cruise directors do. So I don't have, um, I run a pretty tight ship, but we, we all have a great way of getting along. My biggest thing is we're here for the guests. So whatever your personal hangups are, please leave them back in your cabin, leave them at home. We're here to give a great vacation to every single person we come in contact with. And that doesn't just stop with the passengers. It, it, it continues on through your other crew members as well. You know, we're, we're also living there in close quarters. So you've got you've to give this air of great quality to everyone. And when you inspire other crew members through the way you act, through the way you entertain, then they're going to give that same quality of entertainment and great service to our guests as well. No, you certainly can't argue with that philosophy. So backing up just a minute, what? It, so you got on the ship. What was the positions you held from getting on and then ending up as a cruise director? Okay, great. So when I started, I, I said I was on the Norwegian Sky as entertainment production manager. That's the person who calls the shows. So make sure that the shows are running every single night. Um, you know, calling cue to cue, calling light cues, calling sound cues, you know, next next moment in the show, keeping the show going. Also making the schedule for all the performers, scheduling the time for events in the theater, working very closely with the cruise director to ensure that the production side of the the uh, department is running well. I also oversaw the technical aspect uh, directly. Then after the sky, I I really wasn't so in love and enchanted with it. I had been only in the Caribbean, which coming from Florida, I, I have seen all the types of beaches there are. So I was really looking forward to not seeing any other beaches. And I got this great opportunity to install a cast here in Tampa, meaning that I'd be here during their their whole rehearsal process, which is about six weeks at a time. And then I'd go with them to their ship, stay with them through the install process, and then leave. That's called the install production stage manager. And I did that for a cast for the Norwegian Spirit. And that was my first time going to Europe. And this leads directly into my next ship job because I was not planning on doing a full contract again at sea. Uh, and keep in mind, back then, my contracts were anywhere from six to seven to maybe even eight months at a time on the ocean. So once I finished with the Spirit, I was already in Venice when I ended, and I had planned a little vacation for myself to go from Venice to Rome. I get a phone call asking me to go to the Norwegian Epic as company manager. Now, this is a job that I hadn't had before, but you know, I my boss told me, hey, you can spend another six weeks in Europe and you can go to a bigger ship and a new position, make some more money. I would have been stupid to say no. So I did that. I stayed in Europe. I went on to the Norwegian Epic, uh, which again was my first big ship. I was company manager. So it's a step up from the stage management position. I'm in charge now of all the cast 
and the guest entertainers. I'm no longer in charge of the technical aspect, and I'm not overseeing the stage management part at this time. So just really the cast and the guest entertainers and taking care of them. I was there on the Epic for six weeks, and then I got called to do the same job on the Norwegian Breakaway and then the Escape. After that, I was incredibly tired. I wanted to... I got the opportunity to go to Hawaii on Norwegian's Pride of America as my former position, entertainment production manager. And I only agreed to go back down to my previous position because not only would I be able to have phone service every day being in the Hawaiian Islands, but also I could go to Hawaii. So I did a job on the Pride of America for about seven and a half months. And then what happened after that? Oh my God. Now, now here, as we get closer to where I am now, I can't remember anything. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yes. I can remember everything from the beginning. Um, what happened after the, the pride of America? Oh, I went back to the breakaway, but the position had changed um, from company manager. Now it was called theatrical operations manager. And we acquired being in charge now of wardrobe and the stage managers again. So now I was running basically the entire production side of the entertainment department, not including box office and the technical aspect. So it was a huge job, a lot of politics. And I did that on the breakaway for two more contracts. So I've been on the breakaway more than any other. And then I finished that contract in January of 2019, and I didn't have another job in sight. I didn't have any other plans again. Um, usually when you get off a ship, you know what your next contract is going to be, what your next ship was. I didn't have that right. uh, after this one. I was going off to South Africa to go get married. My wife is from South Africa, and we, we met on ships. We can talk about that later if that's important. Sure. Um, and I got a call while I was in Africa asking me if I wanted to be a vacation cruise director for the permanent cruise director on the Pride of America. So absolutely, I'd been wanting to be cruise director a long time. Um, I'd had my interview for cruise director two years earlier. And so I went out to Hawaii for eight weeks and I filled in for the permanent cruise director on the Pride of America. Her name is Jamie and she's absolutely amazing. If you ever get the chance to cruise Hawaii, uh, you will absolutely love it, I promise you. And after that, I was off for two more months, and then I went to be cruise director on the breakaway, and directly from the breakaway, I was transferred from the breakaway to the epic. So I did two months on the two months on the breakaway and three and a half months on the epic, and I just got off the epic back in January. Oh, okay. So that's where we are now. And yeah. I, I'm hoping that I go back to the Epic as soon as the ships open back up. Yeah, it's quite a journey. Uh, do you like living on the ships? I know it's something you obviously tolerate. If you wouldn't, if you hated it, you wouldn't do it, I guess, per se. But uh, is it something that you kind of like really enjoy? Or is it something that's part of the, you know, you love everything else, so you'll you'll deal with living on the ship? You know, to tolerate is a, a very interesting word, and at times, uh, definitely, it's it's really more of a toleration than a, a love. But overall, it, it, this was never something that I had planned on doing my whole life as a career. Um, I love being out on the ocean. I, I love working at sea, but it wasn't a uh, a true passion of mine. So yeah, but I uh, but in the five years that I've been working at sea, I really do 
love it. I think um, you have to have an aspect of love for a job like this. You really have to enjoy it, um, you know, craziness and all. And I've, I've seen some crazy things, and I've gone through amazing things. And every time I'm ready to get off the ship, I go home for about two days, and I'm ready to get back on. It's very addictive, and it's a very addictive lifestyle, I think. So uh, the amount of times I've heard crew members, including myself, saying, this is the last one, I'm done, I can't do anymore, um, we're usually back within two months or less. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Now, let me ask you this. I, I, I do want to get you know into some of the, uh, maybe if you have a crazy story or two, but we'd love to hear it. We're, we're all about that on this show, just if you're, not, you're probably not familiar. We, we talk about the wackier side of cruising, too. We get into, you know, I'm a single guy. We go out cruise with mostly my friends, and, you know, we, we definitely make use of the drink package. We have a good time. So that's sure. kind of like, yeah, that's kind of like our end of the whole thing. But what is your take and what is your opinion, uh, A, from a standpoint of what the major differences are, but then also from your preference, Smaller ships to larger ships. Okay, so say say the first part of the question again. Like basically, smaller ships to larger ships. What are your okay. What do you like or don't like about either? And then what are the general differences between either that? You know, not necessarily a preference, just you know, ship life type stuff. Like you know, on little ships you're going to deal with this, and larger ships you deal with that. You know, just the differences, compare contrast type thing. You know, I. I've only worked on one, I guess you would say, small ship, and that was the Sky. Because the Pride of America, you wouldn't really consider that a small ship. It's it's more of a medium class ship. It's it's almost closer to one of the mega ships. It's kind of it's bigger than you would think. Um, but but if we're putting anything that's not a mega ship in one category, then the small ship difference is you can get from a to b a lot quicker which is nice uh when, especially working on a ship when sometimes you have to get from one place to another rather quickly um usually you're able to go to some more interesting places on a smaller vessel because you can dock in different places that you couldn't on a big ship right so i mean there's that aspect of it and sometimes you you get more of a party crowd on say like the Norwegian sky, if you've ever cruised on the sky. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a, that's an insane ship. And I was on the sky right before they brought in the, the all inclusive, um, drink package. So when you, you paid for the cruise, you got the drinks for free. Yeah. So I, I just missed it. Thank God. I was actually on the sky <laughs> for the last sailing to Cuba. The last, the see, last. I, never, I never got to go to Cuba, which was something that I, I am, uh, I'm upset about. But yeah. what can we do? It was just but crazy. Yeah. It was just crazy being on board. We got off the ship. The announcement was made that, you know, whatever, you know, uh, differences in policy took place. And they said, you can't go anywhere. You have to stay on the ship. And this was going to be an overnight. And oh, uh, no. that was a holding pattern for like three or four hours. I even informed a lot of the crew. A lot of the crew didn't know, and I told them because we had heard it while we were uh, we were on land. And then they started telling each other, and then they would get, get they would get their friends out, tell them what you just told me, and uh, it was true. But they did let us back off the ship. I guess they agreed upon that. You can go back off the ship tonight, and then that'll be it. And then the next day, within three days, there was like a Russian ship like landing in Cuba. It was like it was kind of weird. It's kind of scary, but uh, sure, yeah. But uh, I loved it. Definitely took advantage of the of the drink package. Um, 
Do you have a do you have a favorite protocol? Like what was like? I know you you've been you've been to why you've been to Europe. You have quite a little resume there. Oh what, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite? Um, what's some of your favorites? St. Petersburg, Russia, okay. is definitely uh, top five. Um, I love uh, what's Copenhagen. Uh, okay, is, is beautiful. I've I've done the the Baltics, which is probably my favorite run that I've done so far. I really love the the Baltic cruise altogether. I, it's hard to pick a specific place out of there because that whole itinerary is is amazing. Um, it starts in Copenhagen and ends in Copenhagen. You go to Germany. You go to a Esto- oh Tallinn, Estonia, is in my top five. Okay, for sure. Um, I'm not a vegan, but it is the vegan capital of Europe. And if I could eat vegan food like that every day, then yes, I could be a vegan, possibly. Yeah, it would, it would, it would uh, not make it too difficult. No. Uh, so I really love St. Petersburg, Estonia, um, Kotor, and Montenegro in the Mediterranean. is beautiful. It's absolutely stunningly gorgeous. Um, anywhere in Italy. So, I mean, there, as you can see, nothing over here on, on this side. Uh, I some of the islands are really cool and great in the Caribbean, but nothing really compares to Europe overall for me. I have not been to Asia, and though I'm my second home is South Africa, I've not cruised to South Africa, but I do know that Norwegian is planning on adding some South African uh, ports of call after all of this craziness ends. Oh, wow, that's cool. Um, so if we can nerd out for a second, and you may not have anything to weigh in on this, but I'm just going to throw it by you because the Epic has always been a ship that fascinates me, uh, mostly because it's just like a, a one and done in its class. Do you have any? Do you know why they never built another ship in the uh, Epic quote unquote class of ships? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's actually really funny that you bring that up. Uh, you you may have noticed, and any of your listeners who have been on the Norwegian Epic will have have noticed as compared to our other ships that it is built completely funky than the rest of the fleet. Um, I noticed the cataract the other, sunglasses it seems to have at the front of the ship. It looks like it's wearing a pair of a set of sunglasses. Yeah. I always say that's the, uh, the Quasimodo forehead hump because <laughs> that's what it looks like. Um, yeah. The, the bridge there, it's, it's very wacky. The, the layout of the ship is completely different than that of any of our other uh, breakaway class or breakaway plus class ships and you're right it is in a class of its own it's in the epic class and there there was meant to be two other uh sisters of the epic but i think after they they saw the final result they realized it was not going to work for them um the rooms the cabins are set up very strangely the the sink is is in a different room than the bathroom itself um which a lot of the guests are not happy about the lights are kind of dim, but the Epic is set to go through a, um, a dry dock later this year. I don't know if the schedule has changed now, uh, with all of this craziness, but they are set to make some changes, um, on the ship later this year. But that's the main reason why they didn't build another two. It just was not, um, cohesive with the, the rest of the brand. 
that we were looking for. And good for them for re- recognizing that and pivoting on that as well. I would love to be on the ship because I'm, you know, like I said, a ship nerd. And, you know, any any ship that goes against the grain, I totally understand why they don't do another one based on feedback, whatever it was, what have you. But I love when things are not necessarily as cookie cutter as a lot of them. You know what I mean? So I would love to eventually end up on the uh, on the epic it's one i've done almost all your other ships i've done, not pride of america i've done the breakaway the uh escape and i've done the um the the sky i love the breakaway the breakaway plus oh, class me too breakaway is uh probably my my favorite ship i've i've been on it three or four times for contract purposes and the only time i've ever cruised was on the uh, the breakaway so as a passenger so I mean, I, I there's definitely a love there for that ship. Sure, yeah, that Spice H two O gets me. I love it. And speaking of that, I am a seasoned cruiser, and to me, each cruise line they have their thing that they specialize in. Some have multiple. Uh, for me, aside from the whole freestyle cruising thing, which in my opinion doesn't even really matter anymore since everybody just copied you guys on that. Um, it's it's a lot of times the nighttime fun, the energy, the, you know, whether you're single and ready to mingle or you're. Well, you're a couple looking to just have some late night fun. Norwegian seems to nail that aspect to it, uh, to nail that aspect of it for me. Is that something that you've seen be a point of focus from the company, or does that just kind of happen organically? You know, I a lot of our product, especially entertainment product, you know. It, we really know how to grab our clients at all times of days, all shapes and sizes and all different age um, types. So I think that really it is something that we carry fleet wide to really give options to everybody, whether you're a night owl or an early bird, we really try to give you options for everything and if there's something we we usually don't think of somebody will think of it and then if it works out on one ship then i've noticed that they try to carry it out on other ships we have really great nighttime parties and theme nights every night um including our glow party which used to be the white hot party and i think two ships now still only have the white hot party for norwegian and i i just think that we really try to set the bar for our different entertainment and different venues uh, throughout the day. And I think that we've been successful in doing that. Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. It's just whether it's Spice H2O, even when I went on the gem in 2000, I think it was like 2013 or whatever. I was on the gem and uh, it, it always seemed like the cruise director, the cruise director staff did have pay high uh premium on really entertaining and that was one thing you know everybody does a deck party or two during the sailing every port day norwegian seems to do a deck party and uh you know it's it's just dj driven it's you know high energy Mm -hmm. and people love it yeah and you know those those that don't don't love it you know you're you're never gonna satisfy every single person um which is which is unfortunate you know especially as a cruise director and you're responsible for for fun um it it can definitely get down on you that not everybody's going to be happy. And that's just, you know, what some people choose to be. They choose to, you know, come on a cruise and not enjoy themselves no matter what, uh, no matter what we do, but we definitely try. We, we try and give the majority of our cruisers everything that they could ever possibly want in a vacation of a lifetime. 
absolutely. Do you do you know this is? I don't know. We're off the cuff. Do you know a guy? And I don't have his last name. He was on the Escape. His name was Dave. He was the assistant cruise director when I was when I was sailing. Um, Dave, I know. I know a cruise director. I know a cruise director, Dave. Dave Brand. It could be. I probably wouldn't know if you if you said it. Um, I was just he just totally made a difference in our cruise when we were on there. He, there was a cruise director and he was very good. But the assistant cruise director, I gave I guess they gave him the 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 um they gave him the Spice H2O parties and he would come out in costumes every night and this guy was a madman. He would just literally get you so hyped up. He just had that whether it was he was a cross between Ryan Seacrest and a WWF announcer and just brought the <laughs> energy to some other level that me and my buddies we still talk about man where is that guy I wonder where that guy Dave is is he a cruise director now I don't know. but I don't know I was just wondering if you randomly what, what did you say the last name was I'll check up on that if that's him maybe Dave Brand okay I mean but I saw- there are a couple of Daves there's Dingo Dave there's Dave Brand I think there's another Dave too uh-huh possibly all right i'm in the restaurant and bar business for my uh, day job usually and i always say that i've seen it all you see everything nightclubs bars you, you know every time you think you've seen it all however mm-hmm. it's always proven that you haven't i'm sure it's similar for you do you have any wacky stories uh that you've seen while you're on board that kind of like stand out over the years oh my goodness i could start right from my first contract on the sky <laughs> that's the we were <laughs> not shocked it's this guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, we were being chartered. We were doing the motorhead charter, oh, geez. which was insane. <laughs> and for those of you listening that don't know what that means, a charter is when the ship gets bought out by an, an entertainment company or by a particular party. And so all the cruisers on that cruise belong to this party. And there, there are several events going on that really none of us have any control over. They have their own schedule. They almost have their own cruise director, the, the person who's planning out everything that's going on. Um, is and that Motorhead, a sixth man or no? Is that a sixth man one or no? Is that a, another independent company? I think it's a different company. Okay. But I'm not quite sure. It could be. I don't man. remember. Yeah, I know, I know sixth man pretty well, and I don't remember hearing a Motorhead, but I could no. only imagine. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this was, I mean, this is like death metal. If you know Motorhead, I mean, it's just insane, loud, crazy rock music for a whole cruise. And it was absolutely insane. Um, We had, um, sorry, just one second. That's all right. There was a, a wet t-shirt contest out on the pool deck, um, and it quickly became not just a t-shirt contest. Say it no more. Not exactly. A, yeah. <laughs> there, there were no t-shirts <laughs> very soon. Um, and then there was, uh, there was oh my gosh, I, don't, I guess it's it's been five years, so who cares if I say it. There was a passenger who I guess had got gotten very drunk and decided to cause some trouble and they had taken him to his room to shower before they took him back to the brig i guess and they didn't know that his friends were in the room next to him so he crawled over the balcony got into his friend's room somehow got out of the room and passed by security and about two three hours later they found him on the pool deck during this t-shirt 
no t-shirt contest and he was just hanging out in the hot tub and then when security found him he jumped out of the hot tub started running away from them you know you got what seemed like 20 security guards and a lot of crew members gathering on this guy and he's saying the craziest things like hail satan and you know all this crazy crazy stuff um that was definitely a strange um, oh my gosh how do they get the drugs on board <laughs> yeah well in miami i don't <laughs> <laughs> exactly well this in is miami. out of control you're telling me that this guy was long locked down shut down guards mm-hmm. making sure they don't get up aka cruise jail and this guy climbed over the outside of the ship to his friend's balcony and got free yes yep all right that's a guy that's that might be the best one so far that might oh, be the wow. best. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that's certainly the the most energy-filled uh, um, story I have. But also I was on the breakaway during the bomb cyclone a few years ago. Oh, you were um, on that ship? Yes, I was. Oh, well, all right. Was yeah, all I was going to ask. That was going to be one of my questions was like, you know, when has it ever gotten a little dicey at sea? You've just answered that. Holy crap. Yeah, and I know a lot of people who worked on that ship with me some of them have been with the company or with ships over 20 25 years and they said that that was the craziest um weather condition that they had ever been through and certainly for me just in five years and probably for whatever is left of my ship career uh that will be the craziest thing that i've ever ever gone through hopefully you know you you can go on youtube and see the breakaway and see how crazy it was um i think a lot of passengers uh were freaked out and angry and they said there, there wasn't any communication but there really was we we are set for things like that the crew wasn't going crazy we we knew exactly what to do and how to help uh there were some passengers who decided that they wanted to really get good pictures of the 20 foot plus waves from their balcony and decided to open their balcony doors and wondered why they were spending the rest of their crews in the atrium wow when those rooms flooded it was uh, it was a very crazy, crazy few days what, for what, sure. What month was that again? This was January, January of was it twenty eighteen? January of twenty eighteen. Yeah, were think. you were you still on in um in March or at the end of March? I was, I was. Okay, so okay, so but I wasn't cruise director then. Okay, so I said I was on. I was on that ship then. I was on the same ship. Yeah. With you. Um, that's you awesome. know, Ro- you know yeah, Romeo, just, Romeo singles guy, Romeo. Yeah, I know Romeo what very a, well. He, what a good guy he is. He's insane. I mean, crazy insane. And him watching him do the dance battle. Yeah. Every week, just something. Uh, it, yeah, insane is the best word I can think for Romeo. He's a great guy, though. But I got to say about Norwegian as well. You guys nail it out of the park. I literally was just between jobs, and since I'm such a nut job with cruising, I, I lived in New York City at the time. That's you know where I'm from. But I just saw a ridiculous deal uh, for a seven day on the breakaway down just quick Florida, Great Stirrup, and um, and Nassau. I believe it was. I believe it was Nassau. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just. Uh, I just hopped on it. I was like, I never did a solo cruise before, but uh, I'll just do it because I just had last minute. I had the time off and, you know, whatever. So 
what you guys what you guys able to are able to do with the solo that I'm I'm surprised other cruise lines have not just robbed that from you guys too because it is so like you don't even think it was like I still talk to the people who I was on that solo cruise with today um we're talking about cruising again and just you know he almost like holds you accountable like you're on you're on you're on a cruise solo you go to the solo lounge you go to the meetups and uh, he'll hunt you down around the ship. You know, you didn't oh, show up. Yeah. To, you didn't show up to the meetup today, Thomas. Like, where were you? Like, we're all going to we're all going to Margaritaville for 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 lunch tomorrow. You're going to be there, right? Like, it's great. Yeah, and I mean that's that's um, you're you're right. The the singles thing is very important for us because we do have a lot of single solo cruisers, and it's a great uh, way to make sure that even if people who come to solo cruise on Norwegian know that they're not. If they're in the mood to meet new people, I'm sure some people go to cruise by themselves just because they want nothing to do with other people, which is cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you're a solo cruiser coming with Norwegian and you want to find new people, um, you're definitely going to find new friends and sometimes lifelong friends that you're going to end up cruising with forever or meeting your husband or your wife through the the solo program. It is a great thing that Norwegian does. It really for our is. solar passengers. It really is. Now, I don't want to keep you. I know, I know, it's gone longer than I expected. It's just been great talking to you. Um, you as well. No, absolutely. So, um, what, what do you, uh, I, one of my last questions is, is ship life, I've heard the stories, you hear all the crazy tales from the crew bar or whatever. Is it, it can, and I don't know what's different from ship to ship, but can you speak a little bit on how, is it as crazy as people say? Are the crew partying as much down there as, as we think they are? <laughs> uh absolutely it's it's i mean it's so much fun if you're into that sort of thing i i used to be when ship ship life was new for me i was down in the crew bar and having a great time but i'm i'm just not really that person as it turns out i'm i'm not loud music and and drink until 2 or 3 a.m. that's not my my gig but it's absolutely true that every night usually in the crew bar there's there's loud music going on drinking and having fun you know when you when you live where you work for six to eight to nine months at a time and you are living in close quarters with the your co-workers and people everybody that works on the ship and you don't have anywhere else to go it's not like you can pop down to mcdonald's or wherever after you're done with work it's it's all the same thing so you know we we party we we have fun with each other. We enjoy um, our time with each other. It's a great thing to look forward to after work every day or every other day for some people, especially the the night the last night of the cruise. There's a lot of people usually in the crew bar. People having a couple of beers after the crazy cruise or whatever their their cruise was like for them. It's um it's crazy. It's not insane, but. There's always a good time happening down in the crew cabin. Right. It makes it kind of cool too that uh, that it's like it's like a it's like a secret society too, right? Nobody really understands what you guys how hard you work and how hard you play as well. And it kind of like the fact that nobody really gets it and this this kind of like secret society thing probably makes it a little cooler too. No. It's sometimes you get a comment like, "Oh, Clay, your job's not hard. You know, you're you're on vacation." And I'm really not. I, it's just like working at a hotel. It's it's what a cruise ship is. It's a floating hotel. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't say that somebody at the front desk at guest services isn't working on a land based hotel. So it's really no different at sea. 
and yes, my job is in is to be in charge of you know the entertainment and fun, but that means a lot of long hours because we have entertainment almost twenty four seven. So I'm I'm up very early in the morning until very early in the morning. Sometimes I'm I'm up at six a.m. and I don't go to bed until two a.m. the following day. Jeez. Um, so you know I I have time for a break. I have time. You know, to take a couple hours here, a couple hours there, if I do it properly, and I could always get a party started at night and leave by twelve or one. But I'm just not that kind of person. If I know that the guests are having fun and we're having fun, and I'm I'm keeping the party going, I'm not going to leave. So, and that's that's my biggest problem because my usually my assistant cruise directors they'll say, "Okay, Clay, you've been working all day. You don't have to stay the whole time. Just get the party started." But they always know that once I get the party started, I ain't leaving. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. And even though I'm dying, and um, I feel like my heart's about to explode. I really enjoy having fun with the guests. I really enjoy having fun with my cruise staff and my assistant cruise director. I I really do love ship life, and it will be unfortunate the day that that I'm I'm done with it, which could be sometime this year. Um, once my, my wife and, and our daughter get their visas to live here in the States, we might be done with ships, but I'll never say no, uh, to it. And you said you met your wife on board, right? Yes. On the breakaway in 2018, 2018, we met, she, she works in the spa. She's a massage therapist. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, is that, that's interesting. I don't want to, you know, but that's, that's usually a lot of the the spa company is a, a separate third party company usually, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, all right. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Clay. I really, really mm-hmm. do appreciate you coming on. Is there anywhere that you want to tell anybody to find you or anything? You you have? Any- oh yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at Cruise This Way Clay, or on Facebook Clay Christopher. I, I'm always sharing fun stuff. Um, sometimes it gets a little more political than I would like, but sometimes I feel things need to be said. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, I, I love I love getting people who are interested about cruising or just want to follow me. I I share pictures from everywhere in the world that I go, um, from all sorts of cool places and cool things. How excited are you to get back? I'm very excited. My my wife is actually stuck right now on the Norwegian Epic because she can't she can't go home to South Africa right now because the country's on lockdown and it's looking like it'll be on lockdown for another three three weeks. I've begged and pleaded with Customs and Border Patrol to allow her to stay here in the states with me during this time um, because we've been going through this long visa process, but they, there's just no no give on that and that's that's a whole like immigration issue and it's crazy but if she goes home in in um by the end of april hopefully if we're back on board by the end of may she'll just come back and hopefully we'll be on the same ship again oh my gosh hopefully is right that's probably a you know i mean luckily she's and you guys are just kind of used to used to that, but I'm sure it doesn't make it any easier just kind of being out there and a little bit of the unknown. Yeah, we, we, had, we had worked really hard to get her to be able to come on to the Norwegian Epic with me. And so she went a few weeks before me because she had been off a ship since November. And so I ended my, my last contract the last week of January, so I needed to take my full six or eight weeks of vacation. So she went to the ship 
two weeks before, three weeks before I was supposed to join, and we were going to have the whole contract together because her contracts are nine months and mine are four or five months at a time. So now I don't know when I'm going to see her next, but um, that's kind of how we we met, not knowing, you know, whenever we would get off the ship, the next time we would see each other, and so I think that's why we're we're really thinking about being done with ships after we get their uh, visas approved because we just really want to just have the time to be together. No, that makes perfect sense. And definitely uh, all of us are definitely wishing, you know, her a, a rapid and safe return back to land and you guys to be together as soon as possible. Um, thank you very much. Of course, of course. Well, thanks again so much for uh, coming on the show. And, uh, you know, definitely check out Clay on all his platforms. And maybe we'll see you at sea before, uh, before you uh, get out of there. I would love that, Tommy. Thank you so much. I hope to meet you in person. Absolutely. Thanks, Clay. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Clay. It was a real pleasure to speak to him. We'll probably end up having him on again at some point and maybe even sailing with him. I know we mentioned he was going to, uh, you know, but like he said in his interview, they always say it's their last contract and you never know. They end up back on the ships. It's just, you know, they mean that ship life seems to draw everybody back. Now we're going to shift into and pivot over to my buddy, Stu. You guys have heard me speak about Stu. Uh, he is uh, Riptism. We talk a little bit about Riptism. We talk a little bit about life in New York City, life in the quarantine, what we can expect after the quarantine is over, and just general stuff. Now, Stu touches on something here. Stu says he doesn't think he's ever going going to cruise again now i don't i think a few people are going to get offended by that i say don't get offended by that first of all Stu is going to cruise again i think there's just a psychological thing that's over this uh over the planet right now that has people thinking that you know what i'm rethinking everything for the rest of my life i do think that there is a time when this all passes you know what i mean uh getting into crowds is not going to be an issue at some point it can't be it just simply can't be because i do think long term you know we would we would all kind of like it would all the world would probably end before we all committed to a lifetime of not necessarily uh gathering together and having communal situations again so i think you know Stu is probably echoing the sentiment of a lot of people and i think we should learn from it too what Stu mentioned about cruising and his uh you know because Stu, like i said i've been on you know several cruises with Stu, and he loves cruising as much as any of us out there but he is very uh you know he's deterred by this whole situation but i think a lot of people have that you know and i mentioned how you know it's just gonna pass you know what i mean it's definitely gonna pass but i think we should learn from that that there are people out there who are gonna have that sentiment certain people who may not necessarily be you know i i like i said i would get right on you know, the minute we're allowed to, but uh, not everybody shares that sentiment. So there's different strokes, different folks, and different people have a different uh, outlook on this whole thing. But we will get into that right now. Without further ado, here is our interview with Stu. That's what I was mostly asking people about. Like when you get stuff from the grocery store, are you supposed to wash it down and uh, spray it down? Because you have to assume it's been picked up and handled by people, right? Yeah. I just, I just literally sprayed my bags of potato chips, my soup cans, like everything that I bought, I sprayed it like or wiped it with something. Yeah, yeah. Can't knock it. Can't knock the practice. It is what it is. I mean, I feel like, I mean, the chances of, of, of one of those things having it on it, probably not, not a lot. Now, or if, like, if someone with the virus touched it, 
what's the chance that it's still on there? But like, what's the point of like not of like risking it? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's like, by the way, we're on the air. I don't understand why we are on the air. Yeah, we're on the air. Why not? Um, I don't understand what uh, what the what the protocol is on that. Like, do, you just said the chances, even if they did touch it, are probably not that high. I'm like, all right, is that even true? Is that is it is it that it's not on there or is it on there? I mean, here's what I keep hearing from like every doctor that's on the news. Everyone says that. of the cases that they're seeing in the hospital are from people touching an infected person or an infected surface and then putting their hands on their face, nose, ears, mouth, eyes, whatever. That's how it's transmitted. Yes, it can be airborne, but for you to get it from particles in the air, this doctor at Weill Cornell Med, which is like the premier hospital in Manhattan, and exclusively a COVID hospital right now, total front lines of the hot zone. He said 99.9% it's from touching your face is how you're going to get it. If you get it from the air, it's going to be because you were in a confined space for an extended period of time with people that had it. And you breathed it in for like an extended period for like 15, 20 minutes. Like you casually walking by someone that happens to have it, ain't going to give it to you unless they like cough in your face. Right. No, and that's that's what I heard too. A, I will say, you know what? That's good information to know. I would right. also tell the audience be careful. Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to let your guard down when it comes to the airborne stuff as well. But oh, 100%. But um so that brings me back to the question. So is that strictly surface or is that like Okay, so is the bag of chips a surface, or like what are the? I understand the whole hands to face thing, hands to mouth, hands to eyes, hands to nose. But like, if you are touching something that's in a store and bringing it home, like, yeah, it's a surface. Yeah, so that's that's. What I'm saying. Yeah, but and, and some surfaces like can hold on to it more than others. So you know, like it like might stay on like metal or stainless steel longer than it stays on cardboard i don't know or even material yeah i heard material isn't good but i did see one of the guys that you saw i believe the guy was like you know he was almost brought to tears with the fact that he 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 had that breakthrough and he knows now how to make sure he doesn't get the disease yep same guy i saw same guy i saw he's like he, he was he was he was tearing up because he knows now that he can protect himself and his family. Which, it's he, not which like he's out of business. his mind for saying that because, you know what, that's like, you know, right. famous last words type thing. But hopefully, I, I pray for the guy, hope for the best for him, and hopefully he is onto something and he is right. And uh, I just would, I would I would have just stepped back from saying statements like that. Like, now I know I'm not going to get this disease. You're probably not ever going to hear that come out of my mouth. Just that <laughs> right. of superstition, you know what I mean? Well, you know, it's all relative. Now he knows at least how to make it, the chances very, very minimal. That he's going to get the disease. I talked to a doctor friend of mine this morning, young guy who's who's uh, who's like in his residency at NYU, smart kid, totally normal guy, like not one to be hysterical or or you know get panicky over anything. Yeah. And I said, how you know how how real is this? Like how how much is it? How much of it is hysteria, and how much of it is real? He said, oh, it's definitely a little overblown in the media. He said, however. It's definitely real. It's really scary. And, um, you know, he's seeing patients every day that are coming down with it. And I said, are these people that are mostly older with respiratory conditions or like underlying problems? And he said, yeah, but he's also seeing 
people like in their 30s that seemed otherwise healthy get it bad. Yeah, which is still the gray which, area, which you which you is wonder. bananas. Yeah, and you just wonder based on that because you look at the stats, but then you see that type of a situation, that type of scenario. People who are in the military, people on the police force, people who yep. otherwise you would think would probably be, you know, not necessarily uh, at risk type people getting it right. to where they're, you know, they're really needing some serious attention and even worse. And do you want, when you hear about that stuff, do you wonder to yourself, like I do, and I don't, I mean, it's kind of weird, but I'm wondering, all right, this, this guy that was 30, I hear a story of a friend of a friend who was 30 and they said super healthy and ran marathons and now he has it. And I'm thinking to myself that this person just, is he being as precautious as I am or did this person behave stupidly and like go for a run with 20 people? Well, when you say or, had it, hold on. When you say had it, because everybody can get it. No, anybody can get it. When you say had it, has it, have it, I think you're talking about critical cases to where it's near death and or need, right. needing of intensive care. Is that what you're saying about this guy? Um, I'm saying my friend who I spoke to said he's seen, he, I don't know, he, we didn't really discuss the, the, the details of how many people are not making it. He was just saying he's seen people come in with super serious conditions. Okay, so a um, super serious condition um, that that are like you know thirties and young and otherwise healthy without like some sort of respiratory condition. So he said it's definitely scary. He's never seen anything like it. Um, you know, and it's you know, and it's a, the thing that makes it different from the flu, I guess, which kills more every year. Is that the flu we have a vaccine for already, and this one. We don't yet, so they don't really know, you know, where the end is. They don't know how to fix it yet. Well, I think Once they have the vaccine, it'll be like it'll be it'll come every season like the flu, and it won't be such a big hysterical deal. But right now, it's a big deal because there's no vaccine and the immunity, the general and, the immunity, right? But the it, herd uh, immunity. But also, also unlike the flu, first of all, it's it's uh, three times more contagious from what I'm seeing. And at this point in the game, it's about ten times more likely to kill somebody. Whereas the flu, it's still very low. Like you, the, the flu, you have a zero point two percent chance of dying if you have the flu. Like literally zero point two. And this right. one, you have literally uh, uh, maybe a one percent chance. Or like, right. a, and we don't even know if that's accurate, only because. They're getting this data from the people that have been tested. There might be millions of people out, out there that have it and just don't go to the doctor because it they don't feel course. like getting tested or they assume it's a cold or the flu. And so that we don't even know how many millions of people have that and just develop no symptoms or just carriers. So that percentage is probably a lot lower because there's probably millions that have it and don't even have symptoms or go to the hospital. That's a fair point. They're basically using the numbers of diagnosed people. Right, death, which is so. a small percentage right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, the open cases are seen to, because I, well, I look at our Worldometer. Um, right. You know, I guess that's just what you have to look at. You just have to look at the number of people who pass away, which is awful. It's it's terrible. I mean, the stories. I know we all probably in the beginning, and and you know, we all we all probably understandably thought this was a very very overblown thing because you know, if the media tells me it's raining outside, I'm going to make sure I get up and go look out the window because they're usually lying. But <laughs> in this regard, yep. in this regard, it looks like yes, this is a very serious thing, and. Um, Man, I uh, 
I don't know. What do you think about the uh, whole like, well, hold on. Let's stop for a second. I want to back up. Stu is a good friend of mine. As you guys know, he's been on the show before. Uh, fitness expert, um, owner of Riptism, Riptism.com. He's got a few videos out there. You're doing an event tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to do a little a free live workout on my Instagram. I figured uh, everyone's cooped up inside with a lot of people don't have access to weights and people are freaking out about staying healthy. So, you know, it's time to start doing some uh, – some free stuff from my apartment. I made myself a little studio in here, and uh, I'm just going to go turn on the old Instagram live, uh, you know, old school style, no bells and whistles, no fancy set, and just uh, make everyone sweat for a good 45 minutes. So if anyone's around and wants to tune in, free live workout at noon tomorrow uh, on my Instagram at uh, Stu Lapoten, S-T-U-L-O-P-O-T-E-N. Come find me. I definitely look into that, guys, because I could tell you this uh, very, very rarely. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, I like my workouts. I like to go to the gym, twenty minutes treadmill, twenty minutes on the on the weights, and then I get the hell out of there. But uh, the one program that did actually get me to actually start putting on the TV and doing some aerobic slash what would you call it high intensity interval training? Yep. Uh, from Riptism.com. Stu's worked for me, honestly, because yes, it was out of my league as far as degree of difficult for a lot of the, uh, you know, just not really any of the movements, but just more the extended amounts of time that they ask you to do them. But you can modify things. So if you are, you know, listen, don't stop watching the DJs, eat your potato chips, drink your beer, watch your DJs, watch your bands, watch all that stuff on TV. But if you really are looking to uh, do something and get and, 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 Join it like it's a little bit of a community thing because you jump on there and Stu is going to do some exercises and some workouts and some routines that you could really kind of sink your teeth into. And like I said, the key is just get through the what? What is it going to be? Forty-five minutes? Yeah, and the, the beauty of it is, like, I'm not going to lie. There's it's going to be super challenging, but the beauty of a super challenging workout like this is that you don't have to finish it. You don't have to complete one single interval to the fullest to get benefits out of it. You can stop halfway through every round. You can jog and you can march in place. You can kind of go at your own pace and modify. And I'm just going to push you to go a little outside of your comfort zone. So whatever that is for you, maybe that's lasting 10 seconds out of the 45 second interval or whatever, whatever that is for you. uh, If I can push you to go a little outside of your comfort zone, you're going to get some benefit out of it. And you know, this is, this is not telling you to stop eating the potato chips. And uh, I just bought raisinets by the way. Um, at, I don't know why. I feel like, like I missed the movie, so I just bought raisinets <laughs> and ju- and junior mints at the grocery store. So eat all the crap that you want, and this is to counteract that. You know, you have to have uh, a little balance in life. Well, that's what he's saying. Uh, well, I think what Stu is actually saying, and not to speak for him, you know, obviously we, you're going to try to eat as healthy as possible. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I was always I always listened to something that John Wooden used to say: is don't let what you can't do get in the way of what you can do. If you find yourself eating a lot more, you know, and you're not ready to jump on the bandwagon and become Joe Fitness just yet. You know what? All you got to do is just a little bit to counteract that. All I've been doing, I've been doing it twice a day, just doing doing the whole thing. I've joined the whole, uh, I've joined on the whole bandwagon where everybody in the world has become a professional walker now. <laughs> they really have. Yeah, so that's me out there walking. You know, this is my walk. I do walks. I've been 40, 40 plus years old, never did a walk in my life just for a walk. Now I'm, now I'm Joe good, Walker. Man. Yeah, but I'm saying like this type of a, a routine in this type of a workout you get together with somebody pushing you and the other benefit of it too is you know 
I say just sweat for an hour, but this actually will target. You know what I mean? You will kind of do a full body thing to where you're getting the blood going to every part of your body. Uh, and it's going to be, you know, while you can actually go out there and run a little bit and get yourself a little bit of a sweat and a little bit of workout for yourself, this is actually going to be done from a professional standpoint in a relaxing, inviting way. And it will actually hit pretty much all of the uh, all of the parts that need to be hit, right? It will. I'm, I'm kind of pumped for it, too, because I'm getting tired of working out by myself. You know, I'm used to teaching classes every week and feeding off like a group dynamic energy. And to be cooped up by myself in my apartment in the middle of a hot zone in New York City where we're told it's, it's unsafe to go outside and breathe the air. You know, I'm working out by myself and it sucks. And so I'm, even though I'm still going to be by myself, just knowing that there's, you know, a lot of people on the other side of that phone you know, watching and kind of sweating with me and we're kind of all in this together kind of thing. I feel like people will feed off that knowing that you're not alone and everyone's kind of doing the same thing in their different corners of the world, sweating together, getting through this difficult time together. And like the one message I want to get across to everyone when I do it um, is that, you know, we're all going through a shitty time right now. Um, We don't know when it's going to end. Our jobs are affected. Our lives are put on hold. But like the one thing that you can kind of take control over in this crazy time is your health and your fitness. You know, there's no reason. It's really easy to sit around and feel sorry for our woes me and this sucks and why is this happening and just eat your face off and come out of this quarantine weighing 500 pounds. You have you have, you have cameras at my house still? <laughs> get out of my head yeah right and, but there's no reason for it it's like you know the one thing that you can control is your own fitness so it's like all right i can't go to work i can't go to the movies i can't go out on a date i can't do whatever but i can control like how i feel and if you if you know put in 30 minutes a day or whatever whether it's going for a walk whether it's following me whether it's you know riding your bike whatever you know keeping yourself in some sort of physical shape is going to be good for you physically, it's going to be good for you mentally, and it's going to help you get through this thing. And when this is all over and it's bathing suit weather and everyone's got to go out to the beach or the pool or their sun deck or wherever, you don't want to compound uh, your last couple of months of misery by getting out, out of shape and feeling like crap about yourself. So like, take control of like, the one thing that's in our power right now. What's it, what is it? And you're doing it on Instagram? Yeah, I'm just going to – I've actually never done this uh, live on my own Instagram. I've I've done a million different videos for other people's channels and for my own app and 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 Riptism program, but I've never, you know, just turned on my phone in my apartment and done like you know an Instagram workout. So if you just look up on Instagram my name S T U L O P O T N, and at noon if you just hit, I think you just hit this my face like this like like you're gonna watch my Instagram story and it should say live on it, and you'll literally just be there with me in the apartment. You can comment. You can. You can tell me you hate me. You can say whatever you want, and uh, and I'll see it. <laughs> Wait, so it's Instagram. It's going to be on Instagram Live. Yeah, you just go okay. on. You just go on regular Instagram. Yeah, you'll see it. Name. It'll be up there if you yeah. if you look for you. The the if you go live, that's all they can really see. So it, it so do the uh, spelling one more time, a little slower. S S T U L O P O T E N Stu Lopo Ten. And, then, and I'm going to put together a nice little playlist, Tommy, that'll make you proud. Oh, it nice. won't be it won't be mixed um, by a professional like yourself, but uh, <laughs> it'll have the the uh, some current 
pop remixes that I think that uh, it'll make you chuckle. Oh, I know you've always done it. You've always had pretty good taste in uh, dance pop music, and uh, every time there's a new good one that's been announced that comes across the radar, <laughs> you've always made it, 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 and and you've literally play it into the ground till exhaustion for, for i do and uh no one's going to accuse me of putting together a masculine playlist tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of go-go's yeah yeah you know but you know some some justin bieber you know oh bieber, that kind yeah, of stuff of course so what um so what so what's going on in new york city man it's you know you're still is in new york city still lives in midtown manhattan the belly of the beast right now uh it's like the movie outbreak is it really what it is I mean, it's, that's what that's what you hear in the news, and like you know, every time you turn on the news, they show you images of people uh, loading bodies into a refrigerator truck, so everyone's freaking out. Um, but I, you know, I've been going going outside at least once a day for a jog or to grab groceries um, safely, and uh, people are out and about. You know, not in groups like they used to. People are keeping their distance from everyone, so it's freaking weird um with the social distancing stuff that's got to be a um, huge challenge you know in on that island i did a whole freaking series every time i when i was back there i was starting my show every single week about how like you know what this is not right man this is when i came back from orlando first i was like this is not right there are way too many people living in a very small peer plate uh you know square footage so like it's bizarre man it's bizarre i mean and people are generally being pretty good at it like i look out my window or i just walk to the store I didn't see anyone like congregating. And, you know, you show images in the news, and there's, you're going to have your, you eight million people piled on top of each other in Manhattan. You're going to have your fair share of idiots that you know don't listen to the rules and you know are huddling up. You can find that in any city, but for the most part, it seems like people are taking it seriously. And um, you know, just kind of like what I said before, I think if you're safe when you go out, like I walk out with some you know hand sanitizing wipes in my pocket. So if I had to touch something, I can wipe off my hand afterwards. And I just don't touch my face. So when I get back to my apartment, even if I didn't touch a single thing, I scrub my hands for a minute and wash down anything I picked up. Um, and that's it. You know, is that is that foolproof? Probably not. But it's going to lessen my chances, I hope. Yeah, no, true. And then uh, so what you so you're able to get hand sanitizer wipes? I I got I had some early on before this thing even started and I'm running low. So after this goes, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get any more hand sanitizing wipes. I think I might have to go old school and just keep squirting Windex on my fingers. Is that what you have you done that? I've done that. Really? I've Does squirted wind- Windex on my fingers, I've done all kinds of weird stuff. Does hydrogen yeah. peroxide work? Uh I think if it's like seventy percent alcohol or something like that. Uh yeah no the high, I think it, I think it mostly is right most of the standard yeah. little brown bottle that yeah yeah, yeah I have that I have that thing yeah I was you know you know it's weird I just you know I I, I just I, I can't believe the times that we're in you 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 live a certain amount of years and you know you see a lot of shit out there and then you uh, see something like this and you know. I was listening to, not to make light of it, I was listening to this guy, I gotta recommend you to him, I don't know if you're into him, and I don't know if you'd be into him or not, but give Melissa, he's like a comedian in Long Island, okay. he, he's like a, um, he's, a, he's he, does, he goes political, he goes, uh, he just talks a lot, he's a very, very intelligent guy, clearly, but he's also a comedian by, by trade, but he does these commentaries, and he's like, this is crazy, dude. Like, and he was, you know, like some dark comedians do, comparing it to other disasters. He's like, this is nothing like 9 11. 9 11, you know, we had, we were able to go out and, like, 
and, and, and eat and drink and get whacked and talk about the evildoers and not let the terrorists win. And we were able to commune, you know, be communal with each other. And this is completely a different thing. Like it's, it's in everybody's nature to want to seek community and companionship. And that's the very thing that they're telling you, you cannot absolutely do right now. Totally. And it, it's going to be so, it's going to be a, a case study in, in humanity to see how quickly, once you know the ban is lifted and the green light comes city by city to go back to work, you wonder how freaked out everyone's going to be and how long that's going to last. Like I, I feel like it's going to take a long time, even when the green light is lifted and 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 it's and how long until like you're shaking people's hands and hugging people, going to concerts where there's a million people around you. Like I feel like it's going to take a little bit, or I don't know that it'll ever be the same. Like I feel like this is going to change the way we live for forever it's true what you're saying is see i tend to not think it's going to go to that extreme to where people won't like you know get in big groups again they I mean, will eventually yeah. i think it's gonna take a couple months though. but all that other stuff the little stuff like how close are you gonna get are you gonna shake hands is it the i always thought the with the mandatory weird double kiss on the cheek was weird anyway just like just yeah that's out that's out put your mouth on people oh hi can we just say hi to each other no we got to put our mouths on each other like <laughs> I, I don't i don't know maybe i'm the bad guy but i don't know but no, I, you're not wrong you know i know i know um a lot of people say that, you know, now that the whole policy, all those policies and just general social, I guess, uh, you know, the norm is just going to be shifted. And I think there's going to be a lot of other things that come out of this that we just don't know what the hell they're going to be. Right. Right. There's going to be. I ram- mean, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I was a germaphobe before this. So this it hasn't been that much. Of, I mean, it's obviously been all, to a, a, a way greater extent. But like I I, 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 wonder if people are just going to be just innately just all germaphobes now. You know, I work in a gym. I'm a fitness director at a gym. You know, constantly you know wiping down machines and yelling at people for not wiping their sweat off machines. And I, God help the first person I see that walked into this gym when this thing reopens and sweats all over a treadmill and leaves without wiping it off. You know, I, I wonder how how people's behaviors are going to change. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be strange. And then there is positive. There's definite positive to it that I've noticed just offhand. Like, I've been trying for like, here's the thing. <laughs> I've been trying for like 10 years, 15 years, whatever you want to call it, to try to figure out how to be like more responsible with my eating habits and, uh, you know, being able to, I mean, as far as from, a, from an economic standpoint, you know, spending right. money on food and yep. I've been going around saying, you know what, man, this go to the grocery store thing, it's. BS, you know what I mean? You, you, <laughs> you spend just as much money shopping for groceries as you do going out for a meal. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's dead. That's dead now. I've learned that, yep. no, that's absolutely not true. All you got to do is be a little bit be a little bit smart. And I think the real the real answer was that the, the, the takeout places and the restaurants were still open. Once they start closed, once they closed, and I actually was forced into figuring out how to make my, uh, you know, culinary dollar go a little further i'm yep. able to do it you know what i mean it's crazy you can and and i've done a little bit of that too and you definitely save a little bit of money cooking for yourselves the problem is when you're a complete slob like i am um if you keep too many groceries in your house 
Um, yes, it's economical to cook for yourself, but when, it, when it's all sitting around and you eat three meals worth of food for every meal because it just happens to be there, yeah. then it's a problem. And then, so that's why, like, ordering one meal at a time, takeout or pickup for me probably is just as economical because I'll, I'll save money on the shopping, but then I'll eat it all in one sitting. Here's, here's where I've been going like a pig. <laughs> here's where I've been going. I've been okay. So everybody, you need the protein, right? Everybody's got to have the protein. I'm getting the protein in the form of chicken, but chicken thighs. Chicken thighs uh, are cheaper, and I'll tell you what, they freaking taste better. They they're like chicken breast is good, but it's and it's probably better for you. You know what I mean? So this is probably not the best conversation with a, with a fitness expert, but the chicken thighs have a little bit more fat. You can trim those fat off of it, but they taste better. There's more of a moisture. They're 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 more tender when you bite into them. It's just a uh, it's it. There's more flavor. It's just a better better piece of chicken to me, and they're cheap. So you can buy like maybe five or six of those at like three or four dollars and like for each of those three or four dollar packages you get definitely two meals out of that then what i also or like you you might eat the whole package and say i just ate air i ate air correct um correct but here's the here's the thing with that when you are in a pandemic situation you do (laughs) realize you don't ration yeah you don't have to eat quite as much and then what uh what i do to, to handle your problem, what you just mentioned about buying the stuff and having it around. Being a pig, yep. Go right into the freezer. It goes right into the freezer, and I only thaw out what I'm going to need a day in advance. So those that frozen stuff, I can't get to it because it's frozen. That's no, smart. That's smart. That's smart. It's sort of like me, like uh, when we used to be at a diner, like late night after uh, working at, at the bar, yeah. and I'd be slobbing out, and I'd tell you I have to stop, and then I would eventually just pour water on top of like the rest of my fries (laughs) just to force myself to stop eating them i remember we'd be sitting at a diner smashed with nine people and you continuously want to eat whatever it is is on your plate it just keeps coming those diners i don't know how they do it tommy make me stop tommy make me stop tommy make me stop can't stop no eat still have another bite have another takes his water dumps it onto his plate so (laughs) just ruins his meal disgusting Oh like a grown man yeah. behaving like a child. It's tough, um, too. But- in New York City, just all the stuff that's available to you. I just remember back in, oh, way back, I used to even be worse. I would just literally, <laughs> Stu, I would do this. I would be in Astoria, Queens. I'd be sleeping. I'd wake up 2, 3 in the morning. I'd get on the phone, and this is when you didn't have all the Ubers and the Postmates and this and that. I'd just get on the phone. Yeah, let me get a uh, chicken parmesan over, uh, over, over ziti. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember. He used to do that. Yeah, send it over. I'd barely even be awake for the delivery. Get the delivery. Eat it. Watch a couple of late night shows. Back to bed. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. it's like a sumo. It's like a sumo wrestler. That's how they. <laughs> that's, that's how they behave. Exactly. Oh um, my gosh! This I could is- go for a, a Tommy Casabona batch of meatballs right now, big time. Oh, I could go for a Tommy Casabona batch of meatballs right now, but the problem is, yeah, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna start purchasing a little basil and like you know, and, no. and that's the other thing. So I've been getting ground. Uh, last night I made a meal, and you will be very, very happy with the name. And I'm, it's for batching out. Um, the the name of the <laughs> meal I created it and named it and invented it last night. It's called the stoolie. <laughs> did you get Dave Portnoy's? Uh, did you get Dave Portnoy's? Uh permission to use that Stu has a passion for barstool sports and he's gotten me into it a little bit more lately the pizza reviews everything i was actually on the one episode by accident whatever um but what, what i what i'm uh 
Well, you know, their fans are called stoolies. Yeah, their fans are called stoolies because of the stool, bar stool, stoolies. So I didn't even mean it like that, but I uh, I had a bunch of stuff, and a lot of people are finding out a lot of different creative ways to make meals. And I figured, you know what? I'm, the other thing is I'm sick of freaking cooking. You know what I mean? Two meals a day, I got to go down there. I got to do two pots. I got to do, and we don't have plastics, plasticware or paperware. So I'm like, you know, then two dishes, two pots, sport, fork, spoons, spatulas, everything. It's like every time I want to have a freaking, you know, 800 calories, there's a freaking um, a huge mess to clean up. So I where's Miss K? Where's Miss K? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's like right <laughs> behind me cleaning up after me because I, I, even when I clean up, I don't do a great job. So she's just behind me, like, you know, whatever. I'll just, but the thing here is i'm like all right maybe i batch do something where i could kind of batch it out like literally you know to cook it once and then so i did based on what i had in the fridge i don't know what it's called it could be a a, a chili it could be a stew so i called it a stoolie it's a stew and a chili mixed together <laughs> respect yeah so it's a oh, potato potatoes are good too buy a sack of potatoes they can go for a while you could do slices you could do baked potato style house houston style uh oh hillstone style you could do oh uh why are you doing this to me you could do french fries with them and i put them in my stoolie so in my stoolie i put ground beef because I had a couple of things, and I, and I had them frozen. See, that was the problem. But if you slow cook it, you can unfreeze it and defrost it in the stew. So I put that in there. I put uh, baked beans in there, you know, literally just baked bean-style baked beans uh, oh with the God. sauce and everything. I had a three-quarters of a jar left of tomato sauce, jarred sauce, only because I used the first quarter just because in the middle of the night I ran downstairs, took a freaking couple of English muffins, mopped them up with a, a quarter of the uh, tomato sauce just because, you know. You're I'm killing gonna, me right now. Killing me. Yeah. So then I put that in there, put onions in there, put potatoes in there, put uh, carrots, carrots uh, in there as well. Uh, and uh, you just literally put it on one. And four hours later, you have this gorgeous bubbling amalgamation of just you know goodness and then i'll I be, want it and i'll be able to do that for the next four or five days and just put it over um you know maybe maybe you know some some minute rice or something like that i need that in my life right now and i also need stew uh chicken salad like a big pot of it yeah see that's gourmet stuff though stew happens to make the best chicken salad i've ever had it's out of control it's ridiculous there's really no way to describe it uh however though that that's a little misleading in that when i used to make it when we worked together at johnny utah's in new york city I had the ability to go into the kitchen, ask the chef to chop me up like eight chicken breasts, like finely chopped the way only a chef could do, and then had full access to an entire salad bar worth of toppings that I could, you know, so unless you feel like going out and buying all that stuff, it's very hard to replicate that. So I was, to say that I make the best, I can, I have, I definitely have a talent. I definitely have a talent. But it was it was sharpened by my access to a, a, a kitchen's worth of right. of food that I didn't have to buy. And then the end of it just goes right into the dish pit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So oh, I miss that stuff. What else have you been doing to keep? Uh, all right. So we talked about food. We talked about sanitary. We talked about uh, exercise. What have you been doing to occupy your mind in this disaster? Well, I certainly haven't been dating. I mean, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I'm spending a lot of time with myself, which, you know, sucks. But then, you know, I talked to all my married friends who are just fighting nonstop with their wives and have their kids running around the house. So I guess the grass is always greener, right? Yeah. Um, but I've been uh, watching TV like everyone else. So I work out. I do a little work on the computer. And then, uh, you know, I binge some sort of Netflix show or, or HBO show. I just finished uh, season three of Ozark. 
um, which so, was so you're, so you're you're into Ozark, huh? Phenomenal. Okay, me me and Kay started it, and we got about seven in, just like last time, and we just stopped it. Just it just not because we didn't love it. It we did. It's just you ever have those shows that you like, but then you end up just. But just kind of you get distracted and you never find your way back to them. Yeah. So you're saying Ozark is a strong continue. So strong. Okay. So strong. I mean, um, it's a great show. That first episode really hooked. Oh you my in. god, the tension in that first episode hooked me. But it's it's better. There's no bad season now th- through uh, three seasons, ten episodes each. Super good. Um, what else? What else am I watching? Um, I watched. Uh, the Outsider, also with Jason Bateman, Stephen King like horror kind of thriller, which isn't really my jam, but um, just one season, uh, spooky stuff. But it was really good. If you liked uh, True Detectives, it's kind of like that. Really? Because I oh, like. And the, well, the, the first main guy is the guy from Bloodline. The brother, coach, coach's brother, like the the deadbeat. Kind of like yeah 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 the the bad brother, brother yeah he's the main detective in the outsider. Okay, I got one for you um, okay. that I have not looked at yet, but I was told today about this. You may know it already. Um, Yellowstone. No, you told me Yellowstone. Yeah. But um, and he and this person, my friend Joe, only recommended this to me because he knows my passion for the West Wing. Oh boy. Designated survivor. Oh, of course. You saw of it? Of course. Yeah, of Shit. course. All right. I got to be honest. I think it's done, though. I think it's over now. Yeah, it probably is. But, I mean, it's is it on is it on Netflix or no? Uh, probably. It was on, it, when it was on, it was on ABC, I think. Okay. Um, but it's your standard, like, Jack Bauer type. You know, it's Kiefer in, like, you know, kind of like Jack Bauer mode. Kiefer is but in it? Kiefer Sutherland? Kiefer, is, Kiefer is the main character. Okay. All right, like a, a crazy thing. He he's the president of the United States. So just for the for the people out there, let's get a. Frame it's not we, it's not West Wing. Right. But well, it's good. what is what is West Wing? Right. Let's get a um. Let's get a just for qualifications and quantification purposes. What what um? C- can you can you reel off your top five favorite shows of all time? I know what number one is. What Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah, Game of Thrones is probably still number one. Uh, Breaking Bad maybe number two. Okay. Um, West Wing is somewhere in the top. Is somewhere in the top five. Um, hmm. After that, it gets uh, a little murky. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say the wire needs to go in there, which I loved. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I get hazy on this because there's a billion shows that are kind of like okay. So that's fine then. So that's that's your top, and then everybody else there's great ones, but you know, yeah, you know, you probably put like Ozark with like Ray Donovan, right? And that and correct that, that whole tier all that, stuff. that would be a yep. tier. Yep, billions, like all the all the good billions. shows that are out now. Yes, billions yeah. is another one. I just felt actually I moved. That's what it was. I had a, I had Showtime, and then I moved. It didn't have Showtime anymore, but I was locked into billions. I feel like you would love Billions. Yeah, I I did love it when I watched it. I might have to. You, uh, it's not. You got to give shit. You you keep apparently with Ozark and Billions. What do you you just you just stop for no reason? You stop watching these shows? I don't know how you do that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I do have to get my act together with that. A hundred percent. I gotta go. Like I I I would I would go. I still have. I think I have the Wire at number one. Um, so good. I I have uh, probably Breaking Bad at number two. 
Yep. I have uh, Boardwalk Empire at number three. I know you, that didn't take as much with you. And that's uh, another one I got to get. I, I actually have to get back into that because I know I would like it. I just never like locked myself in. I like stuff you could sink your teeth into because it's based on some real stuff. Like Boardwalk yeah. Empire was loosely based around the Prohibition era and all the characters that existed at that time. You're going to see Lucky Luciano, Al Capone, uh, Joe Matarese. No, not Joe Matarese. He's a comedian. Uh, some, uh, I, I get it. I, yeah. I know what you're saying. So, which is, but that surprised me that you like that, but you didn't like. And I forgot to mention this in my top five: uh, Peaky Blinders, which I just binged, which is freaking awesome. Prohibition. Uh, in, uh, um, no, it, it takes place in 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 Britain, so it's not you know it's not an American type prohibition thing, but you know it's based loosely on stuff that happened back in World War, War like post World War One, and it's freaking awesome. Yeah. No, that definitely has not taken and i've seriously tried on that a couple of I know times you did. and i, I know. know i know i'd probably open up to that one if i really got a little deep into it um but who knows um, it's got the gangster type theme you know like like boardwalk you know like your goodfellas and casino it's just uh they're not mobsters they're like a, a, a sort of like a a crime family that you root for right and then the other thing that people don't seem to take that I really, really liked. I know you didn't, you loved it up until the last, you know, the last part of it was Bloodline. Bloodline to uh, me. I, I love the Bloodline. It ruined the, the end of it. Ruined ruined it for me. Yeah, the end kind of was off. I just, you know, I didn't like the ending either. But I didn't let it. For me, I didn't let it ruin uh, ruin his. Great movie. show. It is a great show. Friday Night Lights with the same actor. Oh yeah, uh, so good. Another great one. Yep. What do you uh, what do you see as far as the sports landscape? What do you think? Uh, are we looking at? Are we? Do you think we're going to end up back in the mix with sports at all at any time soon or no? No, I mean, I think uh, you know I'm a big golf fan. The PGA Tour I think just already canceled the British Open, which wasn't till July. Uh huh. So that's that's really sad to hear that. Like if they're if they're already planning on like canceling events that are that are three months away four months away that's crazy to me yeah um so i don't i mean i yeah we're gonna have sports this year and it's gonna come back but i don't think anything's coming back until like june yeah no it's rough i think and i think major league baseball is gonna come back it's just gonna start it's gonna start way late do you think that there will be a um do you think they're gonna i know they announced it but people like they're getting some pressure to cancel it do you think the nfl draft is gonna go on When's it? When's it, What's the date on that? Is that in May? Um, good question. Don't know. Uh, um, but they—they're—that's like the the NFL is making the statement that they're trying to just keep their schedule. They're hoping for a full season. Uh, they think it's important to just kind of stay on uh, on schedule with their kind of like. Um, they might. They might do it, but it'll be different. It won't be a million people in a, in a. If it's if it happens if it's in May and people like aren't back to work yet and there's still a shutdown they're not going to have a billion people sitting in a crowded room April twenty you third know, yeah there's I mean I mean if they do that it's going to be way different oh no question about it and definitely not doing the whole you know get together and walk and everything like that's out that's completely right. out. that's mathematical totally out they might keep they might keep it and just do some sort of virtual thing where like Goodell's in a room by himself just calling out names yeah yeah which is crazy. All right, so this is this is a question. Be honest. When is the soonest date? Say this got all got 
allowed back May 1st or May, May, May 1st, everything's okay. People can start coming back to work, which we know is probably a pipe dream, but let's just say, right. what is the soonest you'd find yourself on a cruise ship? <laughs> uh, never. <laughs> You'll never cruise again based on this? Yeah, I don't know that I would, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know that I would. Um, and if I did, it would take, it would be years from now. Yeah, no, I got you. And a lot of people are like that. I don't, I don't knock that at all. I don't, um, I mean, just because for a guy like me, there's other options for someone like you that doesn't fly. Yeah. Then like, it's like, if I didn't fly and I needed a vacation, I'd be like, all right, screw it. Like, you know, life is too short. I got to go on vacation. I'm going to take my chances here and just be careful. But if I have other options where I don't have to be locked into, you know, a tight space with 4,000 people on top of me, then I'm probably going to choose that for a while. Right. Yeah. No, well, I didn't, you know, honestly, I don't even think you, I don't, I think you probably will sooner. I just don't think, I think we all are kind of, I think this is going to come and go. I really, really do. I think it's going to be a remember that shit type situation. I really, I really think that it's going to be like, uh, you know, remember this is not, you know, something that, that happened based on cruising this cruising was something that happened that was affected by this and oh, cruising is just a, a, yeah. the worst casualty of it because of the dynamics of a cruise yeah. ship but it, it, cruising didn't cause this for sure yeah but i know a lot of people that are I'm, i don't knock it listen everybody probably be like you know well what the hell uh, why get back to normal life is going to be fine like it's fine you know what i mean I, and I, everybody there's going to be plenty of people who take that position of not wanting to go on a cruise ship anytime in the near future. But um, as we speak, I hope that's not true. I don't want, I, I don't want the cruise industry to suffer. I want people to get back to cruising no, for absolutely. people that love cruises. I think it's like, you know, I, I find cruise ships to be the cleanest places in the world. You know, we, we wake up every morning and go to the deck and the thing is scrubbed like, like an operating room. That's what I'm saying. So, so it's like, but then again, you're, you're seeing all these outbreaks on ships, so I guess there's only a certain, you know, you can do all the cleaning in the world when you have that many people in that tight proximity touching stuff. It's almost impossible to keep germs contained. No, you know, but, what, you know what it is? It just should have been, the minute this started happening, the, the, the cruise line should have shut down. Oh, 100%. And then that's what happened is basically, you're in a pandemic, you're in a pandemic. You know what I mean? You're absolutely going to go to a concert again, right? You're absolutely going to go to a festival, a barbecue. You're absolutely going to go go to a sporting event again soon. Yep. So to me, it's like, why wouldn't you eventually go on a cruise again soon? Because it's the pretty much the same thing. Now, yes, if there is any word of any outbreak or pandemic or anything on the horizon, yeah, I'd probably recommend maybe staying off a cruise ship. <laughs> but um you know how soon until you go back is the better question as soon as you are the ultimate the minute they you're, let the, me. you're the first you're the first one on the ship yes i mean as soon as they say like well i'll just put it like this i wouldn't do anything else before i did that like if they say it's clean they say it's okay and they say it's fine you know if i'm okay to go to a yankee game or uh a, a eric church concert i'm gonna go to go on a cruise ship because basically it's back to normal it's back what it no, was that's the right that's the right attitude you know that's just where uh, where i come from it but i totally understand all points of view on it um i definitely want to keep you i know you probably got um bro what am i doing, I'm, not doing <laughs> to go up with something t- I'm locked in my apartment in the middle of a hot zone <laughs> yeah exactly exactly the air is literally toxic outside of my window apparently with, with no with no ability to to hit that tinder or bumble button 
Can you imagine? I mean, that's the funniest thing is like I keep getting like messages on Hinge, which is one of the dating apps, like yeah. from 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 women during this quarantine. And I'm thinking, my first thought is, who 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 is literally looking to meet up with someone right now? Like yeah. you know, most of them are friendly chit chat. People are lonely when they want company. Yeah. But it, but if the first time I get one where a girl's like inviting me over to her apartment right now, yeah. Your first thought is like, this is. This is a, I mean, has to be a, a, a real pig. Yeah. <laughs> next level. Yeah. Like next level, like not worried about like, like, you know, no one's worried about STDs anymore. They're, they're worried about coronavirus. And if you are willing to have a stranger during quarantine where you don't know where this person's been, walk in and potentially carry a lethal disease in your apartment yeah. just so you can get some ass. Yeah. Like you're you you are you are a problem. You don't know where she stopped along the way. You don't know what still. You know it's just everything. Oh, she's 100%. she's definitely got it. She's got she's hit with something. If some girl's <laughs> inviting me over to her apartment right now, she's hit with something. <laughs> nope. And I thought about it. Trust me. And I'm I'm probably gonna go to some dark places in the next couple of weeks where <laughs> I, I I you know if I have a couple drinks in me, I might reconsider what I'm saying right. Now. Yeah. But as of right now, as a sober. A, a sober adult that that hasn't hit my breaking point yet, no chance. <laughs> still, no, still, keep, I, still keeping it real. You can't knock it. I'm, you can't knock I might, it. I might dabble. I might dabble in some FaceTime uh, debauchery. Yeah, you know, <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> zoom in. Yeah, zoom. Um, but well, there, uh, there's people. Know. There's people out there that honestly, that that's what it is. Like there are people out there who this is their worst nightmare. Like they, you know, sitting still, uh, some people, they're not doing well with that. Those people who can't sit still. And then the people who literally need companionship, need comfort. There's people out there who will say, you know what? Give me the freaking shit. Give it, give it to me. Get it over with. Uh, I'll take it. But I can't be, I can't be alone like this anymore. Part of me, part of me, I've said that to myself. Like part of me is like, I kind of, I mean, I don't, but like part of you wants to get it. Just so you can like have your bad week or two, fight it off, hopefully, and Get then the be immune to it. Yeah, and build up the immunity, and then walk around freely in society again, and uh, you know, to where you can like actually like not hold your breath when you're walking by someone in your lobby. Yeah, you're right. I'm kind of sick of that. Have you noticed people? Um, it's it's just strange. Like I guess fear does things to people. Have you noticed people being more pleasant and polite, and uh, you know, totally. It's going on up there. Yeah, totally, totally. And you know, people people seem to be appreciative of those that are working. Like you know, you know, the people in the grocery stores. Obviously, the medical community, and um, you know, our the doorman in my building who has to sit there and like get packages all day. You know, wearing a mask. You know, yeah. so, so the so the essential workers that are that are that are dealing with this while we get to be tucked away safely in our apartments. Like you know, how can you not be? appreciative of that that's all i'm saying i hope the i hope the powers that be the authorities are you know putting some guidelines and doing everything possible to keep those people in the grocery stores and th- i just keep thinking about the grocery stores and the convenience stores like yep. man they they that's that's front lines that's front lines right there front lines um yeah i, I have a massive amount of respect for them i hope people are tipping their delivery guys well and all that stuff yep absolutely all right, buddy. Well, let's remind everybody about the uh, tomorrow thing. What's going on? So, to, so noon tomorrow, right? Noon tomorrow on uh, Instagram, Stulapoten, S-T-U-L-O-P-O-T-E-N. Um, if you want a 45-minute uh, fun sweat session, 
modify it, go at your own pace. No one gives a shit. Uh, use some light dumbbells. Use no weights. Use soup cans. Use whatever you got. Um, it's going to be fun, though. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be fun because uh, you get to go at your own pace and and you get to uh, and you can always turn it off if you hate it. But it's a little a little change of pace if you're tired of uh, walking around your neighborhood. Nobody loves to kind of just you know a lot of people don't love to get up in their sweat gear and get in their car or go wherever they're going to have to go. All the preparation, mental and physical, to go into sitting down and deciding that I am going to do this strenuous exercise. Let me <laughs> exactly. ask you this. Has anyone ever not felt great afterwards? Myself included. I Everyone thinks that I'm, I do this professionally for a living and that I must love working out. I really don't. I love how I feel when I'm done. Honestly, swear to God hate the process of working out it hurts i don't like it but i i've i've become addicted to the feeling that i feel when i'm done and i crave that more than i can tolerate being a slob and feeling gross all day from not doing anything so like you know call it um you know vanity whatever it is you know you find your little motivational hook whether it's i just want to be healthy for my life for my kids or i'm and I want to look good on the beach. Whatever that is, you find your hook. Um, I'm not. I'm not telling you that you're going to love the process of it. I. I certainly do not. But I do love the result. That I do love how it like just de-stresses me mentally. Um, forget the physical part. I just clears my head up. Um, if I didn't have that, especially in, in these times, I'd be going nuts. That's one of my favorite things. Your tagline at the end when you when you just busted your ass. You can't think. You know. You can't lift your arms anymore. You're huffing and puffing. You're sweating. You're wiping. Everything is like. And then at the end, you know it's over. That's a great feeling. You know the blood's flowing. You feel great. And then Stu is just on the uh, on the screen saying, "And your rest of your day is yours." Yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's like it's like you just check off that box of like I I just accomplished something great, you know you, you know when I get up in the morning I make my bed even though I'm not going to work right now I still make my bed it's like all right check that box off I just accomplished something, you know it's like there's that, that famous speech from that like uh, Marine Admiral or Navy Admiral that just says like you know successful people start uh, first thing they do is they get out of bed and they make their bed yeah you know and it's just like sets your routine about checking off boxes of 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 accomplishments every day and the workout is no different it's like you need to make working out even if you hate working out if you ever want to be fit and healthy i'm not talking about being a bodybuilder or having perfect abs but just being a healthy person it's got to be part of your daily routine like making your bed and brushing your teeth and you got to look at it that way it's like it's a job just like i go to work just like i brush my teeth I go to the gym, whether it's a half an hour, 20 minutes, or an hour, whatever it is, I check off that box every day. It's one of my chores because that's as important as, as me making making money to put food on my table. If I'm if I'm unhealthy and I have a heart attack when I'm 50, what's the point? And, I, and I'm sure you would echo this sentiment when I say that's 100% true, and everybody knows. I think we all know that if we're doing our own little exercise, little program, we are we're we're operating at an optimal point in our lives. Like you may not be able, you may watch Stu's thing tomorrow and be like, you know what, this guy's out of control. This guy's chiseled to <laughs> hell. He's freaking, you know, looks like a freaking weightlifter. I'm not doing this one. Okay, well then, don't do that. Check it out. But if you don't like it, don't do that. But find a way to give yourselves 45 minutes of activity. Sweat, stress. Don't let what you can't do get in the way of what you can do. Hundred percent. I'm not even telling you guys. I'm not telling. I'm not telling anyone to do my thing. If it's if it's your thing, then great. Um, but but just do something. Whether it's walking, biking, swimming, 
you know, jumping rope, whatever it is, you know, do something for, for a half an hour a day and uh, you're just going to be a happier person. And in the, um, in the, in and the, change it up. Variety is good too. I don't just do my stuff. I do all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of people that know more than me, um, you know. So I like to change it up and 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 learn things from other people. In the last 45 minutes while we've been on this call, I've gotten four texts from Kay. They were all either emojis or the word pizza written out in caps. <laughs> so I love it. I like the your angels style. on both shoulders. You got the pixies on both shoulders. We're, we're battling here. Well, you eat your pizza tonight, and then you just tune in tomorrow and uh, and work it off. Definitely, definitely. That's how I live my life. Brother, good catching up, man. I appreciate you doing this. Anytime, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Definitely. Big, big thank you to Stu and uh, Clay Christopher for being on the show this week. Both of you guys did a great job. It was great talking to both of you. I think we got a lot of uh, information. We uh, covered a lot. And uh, we're going to be back next week with the emails. So what I want to make sure we do is uh, keep these shows at a somewhat manageable length of time. And we are over an hour and a half. So good news is we will have plenty for next week. And uh, by the way, yes, Patreon, if you guys want an extra show every single day, day uh we do corona talk we do a little bit of a you know we do a mix of news slash reaction sort of like pulse of the people type situation a little bit more of a layman's terms and we kind of break down what we've heard based on the day and uh we catch up there we don't shy away from it it is out there so it is what it is not to overwhelm people with negativity we try to stay positive you know what i mean it is it is what it is but every single day we do another show for five dollars a month you could have access to those it's p-a-t com slash always be booked and it's just $5. Goes a very, very long way, especially now if it doesn't affect your life at all. Uh, if it doesn't put a dent in your finances, I would appreciate it. You know, it's a good way to support the regular show, but also get yourself an extra show every single day. We're also on Instagram, guys, always be booked. And our community is in the always be booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Just come on over, ask to join, and we're going to let you right in. And uh, there's not too many rules in there. We break each other's chops. We uh, give each other information. We tell funny stories. We make corrections, this and that. And if you guys want to email the show, I will absolutely read your email on the show if it's appropriate. And yes, believe me, there is a lot of leeway for what we consider appropriate here. So Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I appreciate you guys listening more than you will ever know. Thank you so much for listening. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree. And the drinks set cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away. Where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves. Jimmy. There's a perfectly good island somewhere Where a ride that floats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going 
get away to where the boat is from. It takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat is from. Pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. Put me down, down in the sand where it's cool. Put me down, and when I fall on my stool, put me down. I'll just leave there till morning comes round. With sunshine, ten ladies and pina coladas and Bob Marley songs that I'm playing. There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear. Soft tropical lips that are singing. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop 'em in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. So get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop 'em in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the. So get away. To where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop 'em in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from.